This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Awesome. World Cup. Only, if you don't like football, there's only four weeks to go. Four games yesterday. And uh, Trish couldn't quite believe it, but for a break, we, I put the cricket on. I thought that was only fair, uh, because not everyone likes football. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have a, a lot of fun next week. We'll have regular, regular service, enjoy that, honour God, and then we'll have, uh, hopefully, <laughs> a happy afternoon. So, excellent. Well, good to see you this morning, and a big welcome to everyone if you're here for the first time. A big happy Father's Day to the dads. This morning I was praying, I was thinking about the dads and saying, thank God for all the dads in the house, thanking for my own dad. Uh, thankful for some, some of you who are dad for the first time this year, and, and, and also thinking about those whose dads are no longer around. I pray for you too, and pray God will, will bless you and encourage you and help you, because that's what God does. And so uh, thank God that we've had great fathers in our lives. And, and if you've not had that experience, if, if your father's not been the best, well, l- let me introduce you to a father who never lets you down. Our Heavenly Father, who's perfect in every way and never gives up and never quits on us. So that, that, there's something in this for everyone. I'm speaking to the dads, but I'm speaking to everyone. I'm speaking to parents. I'm speaking to all of us in the house. We can be encouragement and blessing to, to, uh, to others. And, you know, one of the things I like about Father's Day is, as a dad, you can get away with dad jokes. It's probably the only time in the year when you can and, and I just believe that uh, 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 telling jokes that I've told for years is, is the purest form of recycling. Yeah. Way before anyone else got into it, good recycling. And uh, I've been away this week, and, and my grandson Ezra hadn't been well, so I went over to see him, him and Amos uh, yesterday morning. And uh, I bought him uh, a comic about dinosaurs, and we were reading that together, and and I'm looking at them and I said to him, which is your favorite? And he says, the blue one. Good answer. And I said, well, mine is, do you think he saw us? And, and uh, he didn't get it. But I will tell it until he does. And uh, it's good that you can tell jokes like that. You know, I just thought, what would be the best thing to wear this morning? I thought, a pair of camouflage trousers. But I just couldn't find any. And... Uh, Hey, when I get home this afternoon, I'm going to sell that hoover because it's just been there collecting dust. And uh, so just get, get uh, rid of it. Okay, but he enjoyed the comic. And, and I said to him, Ezra, I've got this great, when you're a bit older, I've got this great book I'm going to give you. It's, uh, it's about anti-gravity. You just won't be able to put it down. And so I, I feel that, that my therapy is now complete, that I've got these, these out. And if you, dads, if you've got some dad jokes, uh, by all means, feel free to tell me afterwards. I'll be happy to add to my uh, limited repertoire. But I want to say, um, well done, dads. If you're a dad, well done. Thanks for being a dad. Thanks for being a good dad. Thanks for doing the best you possibly can. Thanks for working hard to be a good father. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have experiences that are not great of our fathers, but then, so don't repeat those mistakes. 
Sometimes we don't do the absolute very best that we had hoped we would do. And when we look back, we think, I wish I'd done that a bit differently. I wish I'd approached that a bit differently. And, uh, you know, that's probably true. Well, it's certainly true for me. I guess it's true for us all. But, you know, with God's help and in God's strength, we can be better. And so we can always improve on what we have done. But being there for your kids is such an important thing. If you had a great father figure, great. If you had a mother who was wonderful, great. If you're a solo parent, be encouraged. God's with you. And we want to encourage you and we want to help support you as well. You're doing a great job, an important job. What's more important than bringing up children? I can't actually think of anything. Investing in the current and the next generation. So if you're not a father, if, if your father was not the best, don't repeat his mistakes. If you wish you'd done better, well, you can do. With what you've got left, you can do a bit better. And that's what I'm going to do. And as a, as a father in the house, and many of the dads are, and as an example, let's do the best we can to be a great example. And I've been uh, challenged and encouraged to do the same. But if you, your experience of your father might not be great, but this morning I want to introduce you to a father who always loves you, is always compassionate for you, who always has time for you, who always, always believes in you, who's always there for you in times of trouble. Even when you don't know you need him to be there, he's there anyway. And that's the kind of God that we love and the God that we serve. So for Father's Day... I want us all to be encouraged that we can be a great example, as God our Father is our example. I want to turn you to uh, a a scripture, uh, which is specifically to dads, but I reckon it can uh, go for all parenting and all of us as we're trying to encourage others. It's in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, and it's verse 21. It will be on the screen for you. Colossians 3, 21. It says this, Fathers, do not aggravate or provoke your children, or they will be discouraged. Message Bible puts it this way. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children, or you'll crush their spirits. You think about that, aggravating, provoking, annoying, pushing them too hard, being unreasonable. That's not going to produce a good outcome. Don't crush their spirits, but encourage them. All of us, not just children, all of us, me included, thrive on encouragement. And if we can do all we can to encourage one another, not just our children most especially, but, you know, as we get older, there are people around us in this Life Church community that we can encourage. You know, and our, we can all do that. Well, we, we don't need to be a, a Bible uh, expert to do that. We don't need to be, you know, a perfect person because... Uh, If you're a perfect person, you won't fit into this church at all. Um, So we're not perfect, but with God's help, we can be great encouragement. So fathers, do not aggravate or provoke your children, or they will become discouraged. Don't crush their spirit. The goal of Christian fathers is to encourage their children to be all they can be, to be the people God has called us to be. Now, I reckon the goal of every parent, whether Christian or non-Christian, is the same. Good parents want to encourage their, their kids to be all they've called to be. But specifically for Christians, 
We want our kids to do well. We want them to follow God. We want them to thrive. We want, to, we want them to serve God. We want them to live a life of adventure following God. And, you know, if right now you've got children that are not following God, hey, don't quit on them. Don't give up on them. Still, believing what, still believe what God said. Still confess God's word as you pray for them. Still and, uh, strengthen one another with the faith of what comes from the Bible and believe that they will be all that God's called them to be. Father, it's, this scripture is addressed to fathers. Paul starts, fathers. And you know, I believe that God is the perfect father. Most of you would probably agree with that. But when we think of an image of what a great father is, I think of Father God. Because he does always love us. He, does, he is always compassionate. He does always care. He doesn't give up on us. He does give us another chance. He's always ready to forgive us. Even when we've messed up big style, God will take us back and give us another chance, set us off again. And God is always pleased with us. He wants to encourage us and wants to be pleased with, with how we live when we live for him. And Jesus taught his disciples a prayer which I guess we all know the Lord's Prayer. And he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So he said, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven. So he encourages us to engage with our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father. But you know, he also tells us that not everyone is, God is not everyone's Father. Jesus said to those he was speaking to in John 8 42, he said, If God were your Father, you would love me. So clearly, God is not everyone's father. He is, all, he is our father by, by faith. We can be born of God. You can be. We can accept Jesus as Savior and believe in him. You can do that. And let, if we are led by the Spirit, we are sons and daughters of God. And we can be that too. So there's something to say this morning that if we want God to be our father, we have actually got to accept him. We've got to ask him to come and be Lord of our lives and be led by his spirit who transforms us and makes us the people we want to be. Then we can truly say, our Father in heaven, hallowed, honored, uh, praised be your name. We can, do, we can do that. Only God's children have the right to receive an inheritance from God. You know, when, when, when there's a will and, and perhaps there's an inheritance left, you only get to receive that if you qualify. And so we qualify as children of God. And when the Bible says, you know, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who call according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28, when the Bible says that, it, 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 the ride is there, is it? Yes, all things work together for good, but it says to those who love God. It's very clear that if we love God, we get the promises of God. And so sometimes you think, well, I'm excluded. I'm, I'm, I'm not anybody that important. Well, you are to God. You matter to God. You're important to God. And when God says, when scriptures like that, you read scriptures like Romans 8, 28, we can see that God loves us and he wants things to work together for good. So I get confidence from that scripture. So when things aren't going well, it's only things... I'm going great because I'm still trusting in God that things will work together. Not the way necessarily I want them to come out, but they will work together well because God has promised that if I love him, that is what happens. He is the perfect father. What it means to have God as your father means that you've always got someone 
who believes in you, you can rely on, who loves you unconditionally. I want you to receive this because you might have a lousy experience of dads or you, you, know, you might, might have a, a bad image of what fa- a father looks like. God's not like that. He's awesome. He's incredible. He's all loving. He's full of grace to us. We think about the fatherhood of God. Just a couple of points I also want to make. First of all, the scripture says fathers do not exaggerate or uh, aggravate even or provoke your children or they will become discouraged. Number one, good fathers follow God's example. Think about that for a moment. If I want to know how to be a good dad, I can go on courses, I can read books, and I, and I can recommend all of that. I can look at other people who I think, that's, that's a good dad, and I can get advice from them. And I advise you to do that. It's not, a, it's not a, a, an admission of, of, of weakness when we ask for help. It, that's a strength to understand that we can learn something from each other. And in this community, there's a lot of great dads and you might be going through a bit of a challenge with your kids, mums or dads, and think, well, maybe there's another parent who can maybe help me a bit here, pray with me, encourage me, maybe give me a, 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 couple of, a couple of tips or something. All kids are different, I understand that. But to think that we have a resource together that we can help one another is a, is a, is a brilliant idea. So all dads, we have a great example to follow. So I want to try and live, and we ought to try and live lives that reflect something of the Father heart of God, that reflect something of the character of God. So that if our kids can see that example of who God is through, through us, then that's going to be a great image uh, for them to, to follow. You know, not, not, not everyone... Not everyone some people have an image of God who's angry, who's, 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 an, who's an, an, an ogre, something like that. But God's not like that. He's loving. He's compassionate. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He's generous. He's all of those kind of stuff. That's the image that I want to give to my son, my stepkids, and to my grandkids. That's what I want to give. That sort of image to say, actually, this God's real. This God is worth following. He's worth laying down on your life for, as we were encouraged by Dan earlier. It's a challenge for every father to be, for his children, an image of the father, of a father in heaven. To be faithful, to be strong, to be patient patient, to be compassionate, to show unconditional love. Every father, we can give an image to our children of what father in heaven actually looks like. So think about that. Good fathers follow God's example. So I'm trying to follow the example laid out for me in the word of God of a loving heavenly father. And there's so many scriptures that we could look at and do, do, do a search. Just Google it and, and follow that. You know, just follow the search of how God is such a compassionate and, and, and caring Father. He's awesome. And many of you know that for sure by experience. You, know, you might never have had a father like that, but you can be a father like that. You might never have had a, a natural good example but you can be that, whether you are a biological father, an adoptive father, a, 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 a foster father, or a, a spiritual father, or all of those kind of rolled into one. We can follow the example of God and be great fathers for our children. You know, that sadness of our experience not being a great one, 
that can be replaced by joy when we get to know God as Father and see that example and then begin to be that kind of example that God has called us to be. There's a Father in heaven who loves us when we believe and follow His Son. You know, he'll, God can help you be a great dad. He really can give you the strength and ability to do that. There's a Father in heaven who is long-suffering, wonderful. So good fathers follow God's example. God's example number two, good fathers are a consistent example. You know, here's the thing. If we're an example, and it, it, all, it strikes me all the time that when we look at our children and our grandkids, they copy us. They kind of, uh, my grandson Ezra too, he just follow, he'll follow me. If I, if I kneel down, he'll kneel. It, they just follow and copy. We understand that that's what kids do. The problem is kids copy our bad habits as well as our good habits. That's totally unfair, right? That's to- nobody, wants that, nobody wants that to happen, but it's, it's kind of like a mirror to us, isn't it, of what, 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 what our, our, kind of our faults are and an encouragement for us to try to be the right, kind of, the right kind of dad. Good fathers are a consistent example. If we provoke or aggravate, they will become discouraged. Who wants their kids to be discouraged? Absolutely nobody. Nobody sets out, do they, to discourage the kids. Everyone sets out to be a great example, to encourage the kids, for the kids to, to, to soar, to do the best that we can be. We don't want our kids to lose heart, to have no uh, enthusiasm for life, to, to be resigned to, this is the way it is for our family, this is the way it ought to be, it's always going to be. No, we want to encourage something better than that in our kids so they can soar. I believe the next generation, the generation that follows us in Life Church, is going to be bigger and achieve greater things than ever. We give, we give in the following generations an opportunity because we've sold our lives into God's house. We've given, we've sacrificed, we've done everything we can because we want our kids to stand on our shoulders to be greater and better than us. Not to be almost as good as us, no chance. We want them to be greater and better. So the kids right now upstairs, we want them to soar, we want them to thrive. We, and so we encourage the kids when we see them. We encourage the people in the purple t-shirts. Well, we might not know who they are. Just, thanks for looking after the kids. Well, thanks for teaching the kids. Thanks for inspiring the kids. Let's be a community that does that right now. We're trying to finish another room so the kids will have a better facility. We're investing in all sorts of ways uh, for relaunch of Life Kids later in the year that's going to be bigger and better than ever because we believe in that generation. And that's the heritage of this church for many, many years, for the 40 years that I'm aware of and for years before that, we invest in children. As mums and dads in this house, we invest in children because that is a good example. That's a consistent example. Jim Valvana said this, my father gave me the greatest gift anyone could give another person. He believed in me. Love it. How about having a dad that believed in you? Thank God that I have and still believes and encourages me. You may not have done, but you've got a heavenly father that believes in you. Absolutely. Others might not seem to be that bothered, or you might think, Does any, am, I, am I insignificant? Is anyone bothered? God loves you wholeheartedly. God sees where you're at right now, and he wants to help you and encourage you 
He believes in you. It's the best, greatest gift you can give another person consistently. Children need parents who believe in them. Again, if you're a solo parent, you just keep believing in your kids. And God will help you that. God will strengthen you that and bless you with that. Never give up on them. Encourage them to fulfill their potential. They, they have a secure place to grow up. They, they can be confident and courageous. But you know, this verse means more than just don't be negative. Don't just be, don't aggravate. Don't, don't provoke your kids. It's not just saying don't do that. It's in a positive. Because in the Bible, often the word provoke is used in a positive way. So this morning, we were provoked by our our team that leads us in worship, to worship God. They were provoking us. They were prodding us. They were encouraging us to do that. So provoke your kids in that respect, but don't aggravate them. Don't crush their spirits, but provoke them, encourage them. Don't push too hard. Don't live your life that you wanted to live through them. Let them be who God's called them to be, not who you wish you had, had been. Encourage, provoke no parent thinks the aim of parenthood is to discourage kids. No, nobody does that. But you know, in this respect, it's not just for them to be their best. But as Christians, from the scripture, it's for them to be all God has called them to be. That's what the scripture is, is, is all about. He makes it clear when he says we should be fathers who give hope instead of discouragement. God is a God of hope. Not in a hope in things. So we hope that you be making a lot of money and you have a lot of nice things. That's good in itself, but that's not what life is about. Because if we think life is about things, sooner or later we will be disappointed because it becomes empty. Uh, but there is more to life, much, much more to life than that. People often say, and, and, and you know, I just want my children to be happy and healthy. I don't just want that. There's much more than that. There's much more to be happy and healthy. It's to be fulfilled and to know God and to serve God and have the greatest adventure in life. That's my prayer for the kids in this house and for each and every one of you. Not, yeah, I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be blessed. We are blessed because all we ever need, we've already received from God. But more than that, we want to be fulfilled in serving God, in honoring Him, and being a blessing to our families, to community, to do whatever we can do. Not, not a father who gives his children everything. You know, sometimes we ask God for things and we don't get them. Why is that? It's not, what kind of father is that? You obviously give your kids everything they ask for. No, you don't. <laughs> not if you're a good, good father, because if you give them more and more sweets, they will be sick. They don't appreciate that. You understand that. You don't spoil them. In that respect, if someone says it's impossible to spoil kids, I understand that idea. But we do say no to certain things. And most of us dads prefer to say yes to the no, because we don't necessarily like the response when we say no. But we know that's part of parenting. We understand that by saying no, we build some character into our kids, and we help them in that. And it's easy to say when you're the dad, harder to, harder to accept when you're the kid. But we understand we have a responsibility to do that, that, that kind, of, kind of thing. Because we know 
that God teaches us, has taught us to be a good example to our kids and to be a consistent example. Things don't ultimately satisfy people. It's more to that, and that's having a knowledge and a life of God. Yesterday, I said I went to see um, my grandsons. I went to see Ezra had been sick through the week. So I bought him, I bought him, like, I bought him a comic, and, and we, read, we were reading that and, and all that kind of thing. And then time came. I said, I'm going now. Goodbye. He says, goodbye. And then uh, I'm trying to get out the door, and he comes up and he says, hold hands. So he was, I think he was thinking, if I hold his hand, he can't leave. And, uh, you know, I did go, but it's, how about that as an idea? That God doesn't want to leave us. God's not limited like I am with my time and only being able to be in one place at one time. God, what, keep all of God's hand as a loving father, because he, he, he's not going to leave you or forsake you. You know, you might wander off, but he's still, he's still tracking you. He's still tracking you. He's got a a tracking device fitted to you. He knows where you are, even when you're into into all sorts of hassles and problems and difficulties. He's following you. He's still long-suffering. He's still there for you all the time. Fathers, don't discourage your children. Fill them with joy in God. Teach them early. Teach them and show them even earlier what an example is to be a follower of Jesus. You know, we build good stuff into our kids. We want to protect them. We want to avoid them from any harm, but we have to also teach them that life has its ups and downs. There will be disappointments. There will be discouragements, but by trusting God, we will come through. Romans uh, 5 verse 3 says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Don't discourage them. Make them happy. Cheer them on. Help them to understand that joy is coming if we keep on trusting. Because God always comes through for us. Absolutely no question. You know, it's common sense. To not, not to discourage a child and to build up his, his or her self-confidence. But what this is speaking about, what the Word of God is speaking about, is that we are to build their God-confidence, not their self-confidence. How do you build your God-confidence? Well, you build it through His Word, by reading the Word of God, by revelation of the Word of God. And you also build your confidence by trusting God. You can, this can be theory, it can be in your heart, but until you actually begin to live it out, you're never going to know whether it works. And this, this room is full of people who have confidence in God because by experience, they have seen that God's come through. We've got people who have waited uh, for an answer to prayer for years and years and years, maybe, maybe a partner coming to know the Lord and they're here worshiping God together with them today. But for years and years, that was not their current reality. But their confidence is in God. They stuck with it and God came through. We've got people who have got children who for years that was not possible, but God came through. That is wonderful 
as well because God keeps coming through. So our confidence in God comes from his word by revelation and also by trusting him. And when our children and the children in this house see us trusting in God, that is an absolute wonderful illustration that God is, is a God to be trusted. We are consistent in our example, a consistent example of a good father speaks so loudly to God. Be a consistent example. The confidence that we build in our children is God confidence, that God's grace is all over you, that God has a plan for your life, that God will never leave you or forsake you, that God is never against you, he's for you. And if we can all receive that, embody that, and pass that on, we can, we're raising a generation who will reach higher and touch more than we could ever imagine. God is for us. Our confidence is in. So don't aggravate or provoke your children or they will be, be discouraged. You know, we have a great responsibility as a parent. The preceding verse in Colossians 3 says, children, obey your parents. It puts a, a whole perspective. It says, because this pleases the Lord. So as parents, we have an authority. But we mustn't abuse that authority by being hard on our kids and aggravating and provoking them in a negative sense. We can build them. We can encourage them to be that. And the best example we can be to our kids is the example that we can have to be lovers of Jesus, to be fully devoted followers of him, to put God first in all things. When a challenge comes to a family, we say, let's pray about it. When we, when we break bread together at home, when we eat our meals, we thank God for his provision. When we face a challenge, we pray about it first. When we see an answer to prayer, we say, God's done that, let's thank God. My grandson, he still doesn't understand, but I tell him most weeks, we're going to worship Jesus this morning. Yeah, and he agrees, doesn't understand what that is. But it's teaching, it's teaching, it's understanding that that's the greatest and highest thing is to be worshippers of God. Our example teaches that God can be trusted. He can be relied on. He's worth following. So dads, be the best dad you possibly can. I'm encouraged and provoked to be the best I can possibly be. In this house, fellas... Let's be the best example we can be. Ladies, let's be the best example we can possibly be so that others can follow. We have to ban this phrase from our vocabulary. Don't do as I do, do as I say. It's just a nonsense thing to say. It doesn't work. Let's get rid of it. Let's be an example. Not in our words, absolutely, but principally, in our lives, how we live them. Mothers and fathers, we have a responsibility with our children and children in this house. Dads, let's take that responsibility. I was inspired this morning reading a scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, which is about, it's about leadership. And I believe as parents, we are leaders in our home. And uh, that, that's an important thing. And, that, and leadership is never a dominating thing or never ought to be. It should always be a facilitating thing to equip and empower people. But this scripture in Hebrews 13 says this. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate 
their faith. We all have people in our lives that have been fathers to us, maybe spiritually, maybe biological fathers, and in many cases, great examples. Some of them are not around anymore, and we're sad about that. But I tell you what, we thank God for their investment in our lives. We thank God that they were a great example. We thank God when we look at the outcome of their lives of devotion to God, and the least we can do to honor them and to honor God is to be devoted followers of Jesus. You may have had a lousy dad experience. You may have never known a father who really loved you and believed in you. Well, let me tell you, I want to remind you, or maybe introduce you for the first time, to a God who loves you unconditionally, cares about you wholeheartedly, never gives up on you, is always patient with you, is always ready to forgive you, is long-suffering, he doesn't get, you will not run his work out, his patience or his generosity is all there for you, but he just loves you and believes in you. And I want to encourage you this morning to say, God, thank you that you can be, by faith, my Father. That I can accept you as my Lord and Savior. I can give my life to you. I can live my life for you. And you can help me to be all you've called me to be. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.